0: Hello, this is Rabbi Rob Dobberson and welcome to this edition of Wrestling and Dreaming. This week we read Parshat Korach, the story of the rebellion of Korach and his band of rebels who rebel against Moses and Aaron claiming that they have taken too much power for themselves, that the entire community is holy, and the, the entire community should be making decisions, not just Moses and Aaron. As the rebellion plays itself out, Korach and his band get into further and further trouble and eventually the earth opens up and swallows them up and they are all killed. And that is the way that the story ends. But the rabbis had some very interesting additions, very interesting Agadot legends that they told about this story. And a few years ago I gave a sermon based on one of those particular legends. And I'd like to share with you part of that sermon here in this edition of the podcast. It has to do with how rabbis should act in making decisions according to Jewish law. The rabbis tell a story about Korach. They say that Korach gathered the Hebrews around him and told the story of a widow that lived in his neighborhood, the text goes. He knew this woman had been tormented by Moses and Aaron in their role as judges and legal authorities. Everything she tried to do was thwarted or undermined by a Torah law. She can't plow or plant the way she wants so she sells her field and buys animals and then Aaron reminds her she has to give the firstborn to God and tithe the rest and it goes on from there but by the end of Korach's story this woman is left with nothing no land, no cows, no animals of any kind, no food, and most importantly, no sympathy from Aaron and Moses, who simply tell her what the law is and then walk away. Now, the rabbis might have had a purpose in telling the story and reminding people not to rebel against rabbinic leadership or else you'll face a certain end like Korach did, but I don't think that's really what their point was. I think they were really telling the story as a warning to future rabbis. Not to act like Moses and Aaron did. Now, what did they do that was wrong? They followed the law the way that it was. But what they did wrong was not show any empathy or concern for this woman. So the question is if a rabbi, a traditional rabbi's role, is to teach and to enforce Jewish law for a community, how can you use empathy and concern when you have to say no? Well, I'd like to share with you three ways. First, within the law itself, within halacha itself, there are safeguards to ensure that in drastic situations, the law is thrown out the window. When there is a case of pikuach nefesh, when a life is at stake, the vast majority of laws may be broken. One can do anything on Shabbat. One can eat anything non-kosher, etc., when life is at stake. So the law has built into it certain sensitivities to avoid it causing death or undue suffering. And in fact, one should note, Korach's claims notwithstanding over and over again in the Torah, we read laws intended to protect the widow and the orphan. So even if Moses and Aaron had been in the position of enforcing laws which were detrimental to this woman, there were other laws which could have been enforced to help her through the situation that she faced. Secondly, I'll tell you a story that I'm sure many of you have heard before. It's a guideline to rabbinic practice, which has its roots in the classic rabbinic tradition and is best exemplified by a story. A woman comes to the rabbi and says, I had this chicken slaughtered according to Jewish law. I went to clean it and I see that there is a discoloration in its internal organs. Is it kosher? An animal which was diseased before it was slaughtered is not considered kosher, so the rabbi has to decide whether or not the discoloration is bad enough to warrant the chicken as treif, as not kosher. Now, what's the first question the rabbi is supposed to consider? And that question is, can the woman afford another chicken? The rabbi is supposed to consider her situation before he or she makes a judgment about the kashrut of the chicken. That's a clear case for empathy in Jewish law, and it reminds us that common sense and respect for others is a pillar of Jewish law and needs to remain so always. However, note that the story is not told about a woman who brings a pig to a rabbi's nest and whether it is kosher. The story involves a situation which is already a gray area, a judgment call on the part of the rabbi, and she has the right, as a rabbi, to be lenient or strict, The rabbi is not allowed to grant kosher status to an animal which couldn't possibly deserve it, but only to judge with the benefit of the doubt. So that's another way that empathy and sensitivity can enter into rabbinic, halachic, Jewish legal decisions. And in that context, let me tell you another way the rabbis use compassion. Rabbis have been known to say to people, and I myself have said this to people on occasion. Quote, before you ask the question you want to ask, are you sure you want to ask it? Think about it before you ask. And that's because another area of sensitivity in Jewish law is that a rabbi doesn't have to tell people they're breaking Jewish law unless they ask or unless it's something clearly in public. I once received an emergency phone call from a woman When I was a rabbi in my previous congregation before I came to Ann Arbor. She had just finished cooking dinner for a dinner party and the guests were arriving and she called me and asked me frantically if monkfish was kosher because she had just prepared the meal and there were people coming who kept kosher. When I told her it wasn't, she started screaming in essence completely in desperation. Now what do I do, she asked. I said, next time, ask earlier or later, for that matter. But I can't change the law. Another quick story from my days working at Camp Ramah. I had the job one year of checking the Eruv, the symbolic boundary which encircles the camp or encircles in neighborhood, as might be the case, which allows people to carry items on Shabbat, which they wouldn't be able to do if the Eruv weren't up or in proper shape, because what the Eruv does is it Makes an area into a uh, one home, so to speak, within which you are allowed to carry. So one day, a few hours after checking it and finding it a good shape, and ten minutes before Shabbat started, I happened to be in the woods and noticed that the aruf had broken, had been broken. There was no time to fix it before Shabbat. I came back to the camp and asked the camp rabbi what we should do. His answer: nothing. It would have been impossible to expect that the kids wouldn't carry, since that was the way the camp conducted itself. And it would have ruined Shabbat. So he told me, don't tell a soul. You and I are the only two that know. And we are going to carry things as well, so as not to create suspicion. It was a minor incident, but it was very instructive. But the fact is, you can't always be lenient as a rabbi. Rabbis can't always pretend the law doesn't apply or doesn't say what it says, or that people don't need to be educated. Pork is still not kosher. Identity as a Jew still follows certain rules. There are days when weddings can't be held. There are certain things which aren't appropriate at funerals, and so on and so on. And so when people come to ask the rabbi, can I do this, or can we do this, sometimes the rabbi just has to say no. So where does empathy and sensitivity fit in? Well, the worst part of the legend, as I implied before, was that the rabbis, in telling the story about Korach, the worst part is not that she lost her sheep and was left with nothing. The worst part is that Aaron got up and walked away and left her crying. And that's the hardest part for any rabbi to hear. Rabbis have to say no at times. There's no getting around it. But there can still be empathy. There can still be sensitivity. There can be, when appropriate, a holding of hands or a hug or a smile or an understanding that the law isn't always easy, but that there are some situations that can't be changed. With the support of a rabbi and a community, even those unfortunate moments can be put in a context in which the no doesn't seem so hurtful. Justice can be blind, so to speak, without being insensitive and concern for individuals has to find its way into a legal system. Hopefully, people who come to a rabbi to ask a question have already have a relationship with him or with her. And whether the answer is yes or the answer is no, that person sees the rabbi as empathetic, concerned, and one who recognizes that being a mensch within the context of Jewish law should be the top priority for a rabbi. Until next time, thank you.